Hi, this is Mark Rabin. Before the episode, let me quickly tell you about my new book. It's titled Measures of Success. It's a book that will help you react less to your performance metrics, every up and down in those. It'll help you lead better. It'll help you improve more. So you can learn more about the book by going to www.measuresofsuccessbook.com or you can search Amazon. It's available as a print book, a Kindle book. It's available through Apple Books. I hope you'll check it out. Hi, this is Mark Raven. If you like this podcast, you might realize I have a blog, leanblog.org. Did you also know that I have another podcast called Lean Blog Audio? And there I basically, occasionally, or as often as I can, I read audiobook style versions of blog posts. So you can go to leanblog.org slash audio or search in your favorite podcast place for Lean Blog Audio. I hope that'll give you something else uh, that's food for thought, something else to help you in your lean journey. Welcome to the Lean Blog Podcast. Visit our website at www.leanblog.org. Now, here's your host, Mark Graben. Hi, this is Mark Graben. Welcome to episode 281 of the podcast. My guest today is Julie Furman. She is the Vice President and System Chief Nursing Officer, or CNO, at Southern Illinois Healthcare. We have the opportunity to chat about the lean transformation efforts at SIH, thanks to my partners at Catalysis, formerly known as the ThetaCare Center for Healthcare Value, as they are presenting, um, once again, the annual Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit this year in Palm Springs, California, June 7th and 8th. Julie and I will both be there. I'll be doing a full-day pre-summit workshop called Better Metrics. Uh, I hope you'll come join us. And if you want a link to learn more about the summit, you can go to leanblog.org slash 281. So in today's episode, we talk about how lean has been helpful to nurses and other healthcare professionals, Julie's role as a nurse leader, and different ways patients and the health system have benefited from lean. Well, Julie, hi. Thank you for being our guest on the podcast today. Well, good morning, and again, thank you for the opportunity to discuss uh, lean transformation from a nursing perspective. Yeah, and I'm really excited we're talking about that today. Um, maybe first off, you know, before talking about um, the health system and, and your lean journey, can you introduce yourself, your professional background uh, as a nurse and a nursing leader? Yes, uh, I am the vice president and system CNO for Southern Illinois Healthcare. It's a position that I assumed in January of 2010. Prior to moving to Southern Illinois, I was a CNO with the Banner Health System, and I was in Loveland, Colorado. In my position, I have system responsibility for all of nursing, case management, perioperative services, and the patient experience. I earned my bachelor's degree from the College of St. Scholastica in Duluth, Minnesota. And after moving to Dallas, Texas, I earned my Master of Science from the University of Texas in Arlington. And then in 2015, I completed my DNP at American Sentinel University in Aurora, Colorado. Well, and um, I am somewhat in the neighborhood of UT Arlington. I'm, I'm talking to you from uh, suburban Fort Worth. So hopefully you enjoyed oh. your time here in Texas. 
I did enjoy my time in Texas. I, I liked it very much and hope someday to return. We we'll talk a little bit um, about um, Southern Illinois healthcare um, and and the systems lane journey. Before we get into that, actually, like I'm curious, you know, for your background as as a nurse and CNO. Um, if you can tell a little bit more about your personal story with Lean, how did you get introduced to the concept? Maybe that does tie into the Southern Illinois healthcare story, but could, could you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. In sort of a, a prior life, if you will, uh, the kind of the first association I had with any Lean thinking um, was in around 2005. And um, it was in an organization that used the GE change management model, uh, which included the concepts of, you know, workouts to promote rapid cycle change. Uh, This organization also had um, engineers who used Six Sigma concepts to um, help make improvements and gain efficiencies. So I would tell you that that was probably my first introduction, although I don't think we called it lean at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if, if there was a heavy GE influence, um, and back in, back in those days, they had not embraced lean the way they have here in more, uh, more recent years, combining lean and Six Sigma and, and methodologies. So, um, I mean, what I'm, I'm curious, you know, the background, nurses have different backgrounds than, uh, you know, my background's engineering. Um, I'm, I'm curious, what, what was some of your reaction to learning about, um, you know, these ideas that are often framed as coming from manufacturing uh, companies like GE or Toyota? How, how did you kind of, uh, how, how, how did you see the challenges and, and how that could, uh, how the methods like that could help? I'm curious how, how you reacted to it. So, you know, first of all, it was really a pause to, um, you know, think about how does this impact um, patient care where we're dealing with people and not widgets. And um, one of the things that I I really had to embrace and and one of the things I try to get my, my team to embrace is it's not just one more thing. Rather, it's a new way to do work that improves the care we deliver to our patients. So the the more that we can um, lean out our processes and eliminate waste and redundancy, uh, the better it is for our patients, for our nurses, for our leaders. So that was how I, you know, again, after hitting pause, that's really how I started to yeah. think about it. Yeah, and you know th- that opportunity to hit pause um, is something that we don't often get a chance to get. Hospitals are, uh, of course, very busy places with minute by minute uh, demands for for patient care. Um, can can you talk a little bit? You know, uh, try to paint a picture for listeners who don't work in healthcare. Um, listeners who who don't um, know what it's like for nurses at the bedside. I mean, you know, even thinking today. At Southern Illinois Healthcare, as part of your lean journey, what what are some of the the challenges that that your nurses face on a on a daily basis? Oh, I think that's a great question because it is um, it is a journey. Change doesn't happen overnight. So some of the challenges that we you know come up against are time and competing initiatives. You know, healthcare is ever changing, fast paced. New changes 
uh, you know, right around the corner all the time. So carving out the time and making sure that this is a priority in our daily work, ensuring that our nurse managers have a really good understanding of the problem-solving process and that they're able to take it back to their teams and work through those problem-solving processes. Sustainment um, can be a challenge, um, as well as spread, how to share and apply those best lean practices, Mm -hmm. and then um, increasing staff participation in the problem-solving process can be a challenge as well. And and those are you know uh, those those are definitely common challenges and and maybe you know we'll, we'll delve more into how um, how you're addressing those. But um, how how uh, would you describe you know, the the overall Southern Illinois healthcare lean journey? Did that predate your arrival in, in 2010? What what from your perspective? How has that uh, how did that get initiated and and take shape there at your system? So it did not predate me. I would tell you in probably 2011, our CEO, Rex Buddy, introduced the senior leadership team to the book On the Men by John Toussaint. Mm -hmm. And um, as a team, we read the book and then we discussed the concepts and began to visualize how this type of transformation might work in our organization. Our organization has a mission of improving the health and well-being of all the people in the communities we serve. So finding a better way to deliver safe, quality health care was really important to all of us. So we made several field trips um, visiting Gemba and other organizations. <laughs> we braved the Wisconsin spring and flew into Theta Care. Mm-hmm. And and that was really our initial exposure, and we were intrigued. So uh, we followed up with a visit to one of the BJC hospitals in St. Peter, Missouri, and then uh, we were hooked. We knew that this was something we wanted to do. So to help us on our journey, um, we began to work with an organization, uh, Next Level Partners, Mm -hmm. to help us to help guide us on our journey. And so then they came in and they started by teaching our leaders and our staff about lean healthcare. But more importantly, they taught our leaders to teach others about lean healthcare. Mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of uh, teach a man to fish. Mm -hmm. Or, and, and the, and the women too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, Our, our, So our first major step into lean was embracing and launching lean daily management. Mm. Um, And so we, as you know, as a senior team kind of strategically decided where we would go up first with our, our lean boards and we call them patient care improvement boards here at SIH. Mm. And I am proud to tell you that nursing led the way on this initiative (laughs) Um, my team uh, embraced it, and we were the first across the system. Nursing units were the first ones to put up their their patient care improvement boards. What what, what do you think led to that um, enthusiasm or, or that spark for for nursing to go first with this process? 
You know, I, I think the opportunity to um, understand what the benefits could be if, you know, we started to, you know, look at our processes and, um, you know, standardize workflows. I don't know how many times you could work walk up onto a nursing unit and hear the nurses, you know, complain, not that nurses complain, Mm -hmm. but um, say how busy they are. Oh my gosh, I'm so busy. I have so much going on. So as a nursing leader, of course, you want to help them. And one of the best ways to help them is by um, helping them help themselves. Mm -hmm and get involved in the process and and start to define how they can shape their work so um, there is more time for them to spend with their patient at the bedside. Yeah, and I think that's a really important point there about, you know, freeing up time, um, being helpful. Um, You you use the expression, um, you know, it's not not just one more thing to do. Uh, I was talking yesterday with some of the lean leaders from uh, the Cleveland Clinic and their their physician leader for process improvement basically said that exact same phrase that um, they they are working to, as you said, engage all staff in problem solving and improvement. And you know, I think uh, it's difficult when, as you described, nurses are, are busy, leaders are busy, everybody's busy. Um, there's this catch twenty two of you know the time. Uh, that it takes to go and eliminate some of that burden, eliminate some waste. That 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 does take time that people might feel like they don't have at the very beginning. Um, so did, did you have some strategies for even trying to get the ball rolling so people could see that that would be time, a, a good time investment, um, investing in improving process to free up time? Or, or did people say, Oh, you know, we have no choice. <laughs> things things are challenging. We ha- we have to get better. What what was some of the dynamic there? So one of the things that I think really helped, um, you know, free up time, so to speak, mm-hmm. was um, adopting leader standard work, which really provided the structure and helped leaders identify what their priorities were. And then the organization um, adopted what we called the no meeting zone. Mm-hmm. And so that was an opportunity for leaders for a designated time in the morning to be in their areas, working with their teams on the problems that their teams are encountering every day and and trying to make it better. So I I think that was um, really important to uh, helping us gain momentum and move all the processes forward. Um, Can you talk a little bit more about... um the lean daily management processes as you are practicing it for, for listeners who might not know other episodes in the podcast series. Uh, I've, there's been a lot of talk on this topic the last couple of years. Um, episode 260, I interviewed Brad White, who's the author of a book called lean daily management for healthcare. Uh, episode 249 was an interview with Steve Leishel, who's with the health system in Pennsylvania, writing about their daily management system, episode uh, 226, with uh, Steve Heft and Dr. Bob Pryor, kind of talks in part about their daily lean management system at the Scott and White Health System in Texas. So uh, beyond what what they're sharing, what Kim Barnes and and Catalysis and and the people from ThetaCare have shared, um, this has certainly been a hot topic the last couple of years. Can you give us a little bit more detail 
about uh, about your approach there, Julie, the boards and everything else that's involving, including, uh, as, as you said, that leader standard work. Yes, absolutely. So on a daily basis, um, we we as leaders visit our, our GEMBA boards, and these are, again, our, our patient care improvement boards in, in each of our areas. And there are metrics on the boards uh, that some the staff is, have identified as things that they want to work on. Uh, some are in support of our strategic deployment process, and you know some are our KPIs that you know we need to improve and, and keep it top of the mind awareness for everyone. So most boards have um, five uh, measures that they're working on at, at any given time. Our leaders start their day with a startup huddle with um, each of their shifts, and we're, we have we work 12-hour shifts. So there's um, two two startup huddles a day, one at 7 a.m. and one at 7 p.m. And so then they set the they set the team up uh, for the day to um, every, so everybody understands you know what what the initiatives are for the day and and how we can all work together to make the team successful. And um, as they go about their day, um, you know they collect information that um, goes on to the. Um, the Paredos that are on the board, you know, capturing maybe why we're falling out in an area and um, and or if we've implemented a new SOP, is that SOP meeting the expectations that it was set out to? Mm -hmm. uh, the, then um, daily they have what we call just do it huddles. And that's where they really do that that deep dive into problem solving. They pick one one of their metrics that they're really trying to work on, and they do a deep dive, and um, everybody gets involved in that problem solving process. Again, it's it's recorded on the board, so when um, the one ups and the senior leaders come through for the um, the daily gimbal walk, they're able to speak to. Uh, the improvement that they've that they've been doing or what they've discovered and they may even um, tell us as senior leaders uh, what barriers they're running into and how we can help them uh, better the process mm -hmm. so it's really organic um, you know it, it changes every day and um, at the end of the day um, the visuals on the board really show everybody where we've been and where we're headed one one other thing I want to maybe go back and, and, and touch on related to you know, that daily improvement process. You mentioned visiting Theta Care. Um, you know, I've I've been through their hospitals and and seen their process. Um, I'm, I'm less familiar with the details of what they've done at BJC, but I'm curious if you could think back to those visits. What was there anything in particular that was uh, inspiring or or stood out to you as as something that prompted you and the team at Southern Illinois Healthcare? Um, to go down this journey? Were there, were there particular things that stood out? So one of the things that really stood out for me and the members of my team who were able to make the visit was their their model cell area, for lack of a better thing to call it, but where they had, you know, created the, their perfect environment. And, you know, that was that was really stimulating for us because there, there would be so many reasons uh, 
positive to do that. And um, we have um, embraced that concept, you know, coupled with um, a Gemba visit. You mentioned the Cleveland Clinic earlier. Uh, we went to their Gemba visit last fall and looked at their model cells. And that coupled with our um, original visit to ThetaCare, we actually launched our first model cell here in southern Illinois last fall. So the, the hope is standardize the processes and um, be able to spread that throughout the organization. And, you know, I think it's, um, it, it's helpful and inspiring to see where other organizations have been um, successful with these methods and that they, uh, you know, that, that I think, you know, people at ThetaCare um, in particular are really open about saying, you know, here are mistakes we made, here are the challenges we faced. This isn't easy, but it's, but it's worthwhile, right? What, what are some of your thoughts around that idea of, you know, uh, learning um, along the way with the model cell and, and getting, getting better uh, at how you get better over time. It, you're right. It, it isn't easy. It, it takes dedication and it takes, you know, we, we have to, you know, keep going back, uh, you know, looking at it. What can we tweak? What can we do better? And we have to be persistent. Uh, one of the things we've learned is if we're not persistent, the staff will think it's the flavor of the month mm -hmm. and, you know, it will go away. So um, by being persistent. And then the other thing that we have found really helpful is to um, outline for them uh, the wins that they have made. So um, we encourage our, our employees to put in suggestion slips on things that they would like to see improved or how they would and or how they would like to see them improved. And as we um, are able to, you know, meet the challenges that they've given us, then, you know, we put them up for everybody to see, look what we did, look what you did as a team. So, um, you know, to just keep it moving forward and keep, keep them thinking about doing it, you know, better, not mm -hmm. perfect. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think that continuous engagement of staff is important. Um, can you talk a little bit more about the role of metrics? You know, you mentioned from the standpoint of strategy deployment. So I'm sure, you know, the system is looking at high level goals and, and things that need to be accomplished um, at the system level. And then you've got the, the department boards and, and the things that the, the teams are, are measuring or looking at. What, how, do you, how do you see the impact of um, you know, charting performance and, and having goals that you're working toward? How important is that? You know, it is really important for us. Um, it really makes the work you're doing uh, more concrete, if you will. Um, it, it allows people to see, okay, here's where we are, here's where we're going, and, you know, he, here's how we're going to get there. Yeah. And um, everybody, everybody has the same understanding when it's in metrics and it's in black and white. Um, it's not open for interpretation. It is what it is. And so we have to, um, you know, meet our challenges and, and, you know, get better. Yeah. I, th I think it helps. Um, I mean, for what I've seen, I think it helps avoid a trap where people are implementing lean tools for the sake of implementing tools or because somebody said, this is the tool we need to implement. I think when you're focused on 
uh, goals and, and measures uh, that that helps align people to around. Uh, I think you know the, the Cleveland Clinic people put it the other day uh, in their improvement model. What matters most, right? It's not about implementing X number of tools or training uh, Y number of people. I mean, there there are important things that a hospital needs to accomplish, and that the people working there need to help accomplish, right? I absolutely agree, and at the end of the day, there's a patient on the receiving end of, of all the good work that we're doing, and I always remind my staff that the patient that they care for could be, um, you know, their neighbor, their family member, uh-huh. um, you know, even a spouse, so we want our processes to be good because uh, you, you never know who's going to be in that bed. Yes, and... Um... Yeah, I mean, good good processes, good systems, um, are, are you know a big part of what'll lead to um, safety and, and quality improvement. Um, you know, I was really happy earlier. You know, I was kind of looking at things I jotted down, phrases you used. That, um, you, you emphasize um, the need to improve safety and quality and apply lean uh, to to those challenges, not just cost and efficiency and productivity and um, service. Um, can, can you talk a little bit more? Do you have some examples of um, lean being applied to improve patient safety, maybe staff safety, even uh, improving quality within the realm of uh, nursing care? I, I do. I, I have um, several that I can share with you. But I have to tell you that uh, since we started to capture and record our, our lean activities, we've conducted over 160 improvement events events here at SIH. Mm-hmm. So uh, we, we have done um, a lot of work. And so as it relates to, um, you know, patient safety and gaining efficiency, one of our inpatient teams developed what we call a 3 in 10 process, where a patient who needs insulin receives it at the correct time, mm-hmm. which is just prior to their meal. So the process includes coordination of the glucometer check, uh, the insulin dosing, and then the meal meal tray delivery to reduce the number of um, hypoglycemic events on, on a unit or across the system. And since we implemented the process, uh, we had a great plan for spread. So it's all inpatient units system-wide are doing it. And we have seen a significant drop in the number of hypoglycemic events mm. our patients are experiencing. Um, a, another one that um, I can speak to that you know, you talk about um, efficiencies and, you know, streamlining process for patients. In our pre-anesthesia testing, uh, we were able to redesign patient flow to save our patients time and steps in the process. A multidisciplinary team uh, came together and uh, worked on a process that allowed the patient to bypass registration and go directly to the uh, pre-anesthesia testing area. And um, during that visit, then EKGs were done and labs were drawn to prevent these patients from having to make extra trips to those departments. So it it has uh, really improved uh, the efficiencies for our patients, but we're able to get more patients through um, in in a better amount of time just by concentrating on on how we delivered that care. 
Yeah, and and I think you know what you said there, focusing on on how the care is being delivered. Um, you know. So much more effective than just telling people, hey, try harder, do better, that Lean provides a systematic way for leaders and staff to figure that out, right? Absolutely. And and one of the things that is so important and and, um, as we we talk about, you know, improving processes is making sure that those people who are doing the work are actually the ones who are uh, redesigning the processes, it, that is really what is the um, what what helps make it uh, sustainable mm-hmm. is that it's it's them deciding what works best and it's not being pushed from the top down. Yeah, and 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 there's sort of you know, before lean, I think you know there's often a long tradition of pushing ideas from from top down or from outside consultants. Or we did a oh we did a site visit somewhere, so you need you need to copy <laughs> what they did. That, that that's a tough tradition to change, right? Yeah, that that is so true. Uh, I I would tell you that you know we started off slowly, and then as um, others realized, you know the the success that was being realized with doing these improvement events, then uh, it it started to be. Uh, sort of the popular thing to do and um, now we have to have a a committee that prioritizes the work that we're going to do because um, we've only got so many resources and um, there's a demand for them now. So you you shared some good examples of uh, improving care at the bedside. Uh, Maybe we can step back and, and, and kind of think from your role as a nursing executive, as a, a health system executive. Um, how, how do you describe the role that you play as the CNO in helping with this lean transformation? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Uh, my role as the CNO is to guide, direct, and lead my team so we can achieve the, the objectives. Um, I provide the tools that my team needs to accomplish their work, uh, try to help them overcome barriers, and then I think most importantly is um, mentoring and developing my team members. I, I guess, uh, in a nutshell, uh, I set my team up to win. Hmm. How, how do you interact with the uh, with the other executives on, on the leadership team in terms of you know setting direction and, and leading these efforts? Uh, we have um, a a monthly meeting. Where we discuss um, the the KPIs in our system, the ones that uh, we have a team we as a team have identified are are important to the success of our organization, along with um, those strategic initiatives um, that that have been identified. So on a monthly basis, we get together and and talk about okay, here's what's going well. Um, here's what's not going so well, and here's probably what we need to be able to move these initiatives forward. And how can we support each other in these processes? What you know, what what do we need from each other to be successful as a team? And, and what what sort of um, I know uh, I know do you have some examples of um, you know some of the discussion or, or kind of, uh, about prioritizing you know for all of the different challenges that uh, are facing. Healthcare today uh, is is lean. Do you think, uh, in, in some ways, hopefully helpful for the executive team in terms of 
uh, prioritizing and, and developing strategy at a, at a high level? I, I would say that it is. Um, I think our strategic deployment process that we've adopted, um, it, it just, it all flows. It, there, it's all aligned with um, all the way down to, uh, you know, our lean daily management boards. We um, set our strategic initiatives, and then um, we set what our targets to improve are going to be for the year. Uh, and then create action plans around those targets. And the action plans, you know, are those things that happen at the point of care or the point of impact, if you will. So that really does go down to where the patient is being cared for. That's where you start getting the staff involved in uh, what we're trying to do as an organization from a strategic standpoint. And then it's measured by metrics on the board, which are then measured by, uh, we have what we call a nursing dashboard. And then the nursing dashboard feeds into, you know, the greater organizational dashboard that we review as senior leaders on a monthly basis. So it all fits together. It's, it's all really seamless back and forth in my mind. Looking ahead here in, uh, you know, for the, the, the rest almost into the second half of um, 2017. Um, what, what are some of the, the big picture challenges within at least the American health system and, and some of the dynamics um, this year that, that, that you're facing there as a system? You know, uh, certainly uh, one of one of the um, initiatives that the whole idea of um, providing the highest level quality, uh, care for our patients um, balanced with the fact that reimbursement is shrinking a little bit or a lot bit. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it, so lean thinking really provides a platform for us to look at how we can deliver that care in a more cost-effective manner. And, you know, you alluded earlier that, you know, cost and saving money isn't always the end-all, be-all um, goal, but um, it certainly helps. So, you know, the opportunity to, you know, save some money and then, you know, as a nonprofit organization, be able to reinvest in ourselves mm -hmm. um, is is certainly um, helpful. And then, while we're um, improving our quality and hopefully um, having an impact on our patient experience, then um, we also build patient loyalty and um, you know have the opportunity to have the volume to also help offset some of the. Um, cost challenges that we're running into i mean this all i mean you know, this is all supposed to go hand in hand where um, you know you said cost reduction it's not the end all be all but i think cost reduction is uh you know is demonstrated to be an end result of uh doing other things well um patient safety and and quality even though you know reimbursement models don't always align with uh uh rewarding uh quality people are working on that problem thankfully um, you know, be, becoming a better place to work, uh, you know, increases retention and lowers um, the cost of uh, um, re replacing employees uh, who leave voluntarily. Um, and and then I think, you know, you touched on another point, you know, if patients are happier, outcomes are better, 
um, that that can lead to market share and volume is what I hear you saying. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, we we pride ourselves in, in being um, a leader in healthcare in in our um, catchment area, and a, a lot of the reasons that we're able to make the gains that we are making is because we have good processes uh, to support the patient care in our facilities. What are some of your um, you know, sort of you know personal or within your nursing team? immediate challenges or, or next steps or things that you're working on, you know, in the next month or near future? Well, I'm glad you asked that because one of the things that we are working on as um, a greater nursing team that we're really excited about, I talked earlier about having one model cell in uh, one of our hospitals. We are working on creating a model cell at our community hospital in Heron this year, as well as our, our medical group has um, embraced that concept, and they are working to create a model cell in the um, SIH medical group. So I, I think those are very exciting. And, uh, you know, the, the vision is when we have model cells, uh, you know, this will be the perfect place to onboard, you know, new employees and make sure that everybody's, you know, learning, learning the same things um, the right way the first time. Do, do you, speaking of you know, model cells, since you've mentioned that a couple of times, are there any kind of lessons that you've learned about going from an initial model cell or model line? And then, you know, as you said earlier, trying to help share and spread what was learned there? Do you, do you have any lessons learned or reflections on kind of that, that high-level process? Yeah, so um, the, the spread, you know, I think spread is always kind of a challenge. And, um, you know, what we've learned is that if we invite others in, in our own organization to come and um, experience it, to see it, to learn about it, um, as opposed to just hearing about it, uh, it, it has been really beneficial to us. Uh, and then uh, what we like to do then is use our subject matter experts, uh, those who did the original work, uh, to help teach processes in the next unit mm -hmm. wherever uh, we have deemed is, is going to go up. That's good. That's great. And, and I think that, that there's a different model there than as you were saying earlier, it's not just the top down, but it's the uh, the hey everybody all at once. You know, like, hey we've got this best practice, whether it's um, you know hourly rounding or, or something related to hand hygiene or central lines. Hey, here's the best practice, everybody, organization wide, go. And um, you know, I'm curious, do you have any reflections on sort of that that all at once top down approach versus the results and benefits from a model line engaging staff? spreading in a different way yes so uh, doing a, a top-down approach is, is um, results were very scattered and very mixed um, and we had difficulty uh, making those kinds of changes stick if you will and so I, I take a step backwards and say you have to go slow to go fast mm -hmm. Um, you know, a, a top-down uh, approach 
um, it may work for you know a matter of time you know while you're watching it may work but then when you're when that's not you know the improvement that you're watching as closely it, people have a tendency to slide back to their old ways but if you can go slow and um, have the people who are actually doing the work involved it, it really does help with uh, spread and sustainment because they see what's in it for them and they want to do it. And, and I think that's that's tough for leaders when you say go slow to go fast. They'll say, well, we, we don't have time to go slow. But like you said, it's it ends up being uh, more effective and uh, more more sustainable, which is the uh, you know, I think it's not it's not even just go fast. It's go slow to go better. And, and that's really counterintuitive to people, I think. Yeah, that I, I like that. Go slow to go better. That's absolutely true, <laughs> and it is counterintuitive. You know, we're we're in healthcare. We have things we need to do. We have to get things done, and usually we have to have things done, you know, quickly. But again, I, I go back to it's a different way of thinking, and we have to start training our brains that if we want to make meaningful improvements stick. We ha- we can't afford not to take the time to do it right. Well, well, great. Well, uh, Julie, as we start to wrap up here, um, we do kind of you know, a couple final questions. Um, one, I guess, let me um, let me put you on the spot and, and ask you a question. You know, let's say if you're in front of a room of of peers, um, CNOs, and and let's say these CNOs had not heard anything about lean. How, how would what, what would be do you think an elevator speech to sort of introduce the what, the why, the how of the lean approach in healthcare? So uh, again, I would start by explaining that it's not just one more thing. Um, it's a new way to do our work that improves the care we deliver to our patient. You know, in nursing, we have a tendency to perform some counterproductive behaviors, you know, such things as developing workarounds Mm -hmm. for processes that aren't working for us. So you have 10 people doing it 10 different ways. Uh, And for our nursing leaders, they often feel like they have to rush in and rescue or fix. So in a lean environment, those who are closest to the bedside identify and work on solutions to the problems that they identify. And then a work unit can collectively um, deal with an issue and develop an SOP to help eliminate the workarounds. And um, as for the nurse leaders, um, I think it's really important that they see they're not the ones that have to expend all their energy trying to fix something. Instead, they empower the staff Mm. to do the work. And leaders empower or, or support them by removing obstacles and um, helping them be successful. So ultimately, I guess it's a solution um, that's developed. The, the solution that's developed by those doing the work. Um, I think I've said it before. Mm-hmm. It's more apt to be sustained because they they're they're bought in. They have um, you know they have ownership. If right. um, at the caregivers at the bedside are, are working on the problem, right, right. No, that's very that's very good, and um, I think really really important topics. It's it's surprising that that even today I think there are some health systems that 
uh, are just getting started with lean. So, you know, you, you mentioned ThetaCare, BJC as being inspirations for you. I'm sure there are other health systems now that um, Southern Illinois Healthcare has been at this for a few years could be, um, you know, similarly inspired um, by, by what you're doing. So I, I appreciate you um, taking time today to share some of those reflections and, um, and sort of, you know, in, in, in giving back in, in that way and having uh, an interesting discussion here today. Again, I, I thank you for the opportunity. It, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Sure. Well, thank you. And it's, it's nice talking to you. One, one last question. Um, you know, as I mentioned at the, uh, the top of the podcast, um, you know, our, our friends at, at Catalysis um, helped uh, arrange the, uh, the conversation today, uh, formerly, formerly known as uh, the ThetaCare Center for Healthcare Value. And they are, of course, um, uh, running uh, the annual Lean Healthcare Transformation Summit in uh, in june are, are you I'm, I'm guessing you are but i guess i'll ask you as a question are, are you attending that this year julie uh yes i am attending and um paul Peja and i will be co-leading um a session especially for uh cnos and nurse executives and, and basically how uh the lean uh, a lean transformation impacts uh nursing so I'm really looking forward to that opportunity, and I'm looking forward to uh, meeting my colleagues and really having an exchange about mm-hmm. you know things that are going well and how we can learn from each other. Yeah, and 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 that's all great. And people also you know are pretty open about talking about challenges and and working together um, to figure that out. So um, you know, thank you for uh, your contribution to to that sharing and and that discussion. Again, our, our guest today has been. Uh, Julie Furman from Southern Illinois Healthcare. Um, I'll, I'll let you have the last word. Do you have any um, sort of uh, final final thought you might want to share? I would um, just like to tell everybody that uh, remember it's a journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, change doesn't happen overnight, uh, and persistence wins out at the end of the day. And again, thank you for this opportunity. Yeah, thank you, Julie. Uh, thanks for talking today. Thanks for listening. This has been the Lean Blog Podcast. For lean news and commentary updated daily, visit www.leanblog.org. If you have any questions or comments about this podcast, email mark at leanpodcast at gmail.com.